Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, with Raider Nick. Not this rubbish, with Flakey Blakey. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. It's Raiders Review, with Blake and the Pork. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is <laughs> and this is the first episode for season 2021. And may season 2021 be better than season 2020 in regards to us actually being able to go to games. Well, this is the thing. I went to I went to all the games bar the one against the Storm. Mm, mm, I did too, but like I was standing behind a piece of wire. But this is the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet. Um, coming to you from the filthiest storeroom somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No. And, and people often ask how we know we're third, and I'll tell you why. There's basically, there's the official mm-hmm. Canberra Raiders podcast. There is. Which we assume it's is first. the most popular. It has to be, doesn't it? Well, yes. But it's also probably... Here's to you, Raiders, le- Raider Nick. It's also he's probably... a good-looking man, our Raiders, Nick. If you ever get a chance to look at him, he's a good-looking man. You have a thing for him. Um, I do, look, look, I don't bat that way, and I don't mind if people do, but if I did, Raider Nick would be that guy, I reckon. I mean, look at it this way. He's always at the football. He likes football. He's got a dreamy voice. He's a bit of a dream. He's from Queen Bin. What more do you want? He's from the Quang. <laughs> That's right, yeah. That's my view. Uh, so, yeah, we're assuming they're most popular. And then they're, of course, the long-standing and highly successful Green Machine podcast Indeed. is number two. Yeah. And then we come in at number three. Yeah. There was another, there was actually a fourth Raiders podcast last year mm. for a briefly bad meme, but I think it's gone. So, I'm saying we're still number three. All right. I, 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 for no other reason than we basically think there's three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because bad and mean, well, I mean... There yeah. are other things that sort of multi-platform sort of things like... Um, yeah. The green greenhouse live, but it's purely on the podcast space with 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 number yes. three. Yes, indeed it is. It is, and and of course we're brought to you um, with the dubious support of the greenhouse, the Canberra's number one fan forum on the internet. Get on there and get debating with your fellow engaging, engaging, debating, uh, hypothesizing. Debating is a bit of a dirty word at the moment, it so is. engaging, engaging with your fellow Raiders supporters, and of course, also brought to you by Land Speed Records. Come in and buy your vinyl, your T-shirts, your various musical paraphernalia, and clothing from people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do. And if you are listening to this podcast, I'm guessing that you love the Canberra Raiders. Either that, or you're just very, very strange, or Option C, both. Yeah, well, you can't rule that out, can you? No, you really can't. So let's let's get right into it and uh, the trial match. You you went out to see it. I did. No, I went to a wedding. But I did. I did you watch went it to a wedding. Yes. You went to a wedding. Yes. Really. Yeah, I did. Okay. Right. There did we... you go out to see I, I was unable to. I was hosting my wife's fortieth birthday party. There you go. So neither of us were at see but we did. Um... I, I was watching it. I yeah. wasn't at see No, no. I've watched. I've I've watched some at the time, and then subsequently. Rewatched other bits at, mm. at various stages. I mean, the most interesting part of the whole day is is the first half of the first grade trial. Yeah, the first um, twenty minutes really shows you what we we're actually trying. Yeah, and look beyond that, the second half. You know, in the end, the Roosters finished on top. They had mm. more first grade players playing. You know, throughout the match, than we I thought did. our kids in the second half did a good job from what I saw. I thought they all. I mean, they're out there having a go to prove themselves to Rick about give me a go, put me higher in the list, and I thought. I didn't see anyone who disappointed me. Let's put it that way. I mean, big red, crazy horse, in the in the <laughs> in the, in the, in the opener match. Um, yeah, look, if we have a risk there, it's big red. We have a risk that people are going to be able to get under his skin and try it, and they will get under his skin, and he will do something silly. There's a fine line between you know crazy and stupid. Yeah, and um, yeah, he's just got to learn. Look, for a long time, we were highly critical on this show of Joey Tarpany. We were. For the same reason. And he well, seems were. Yes, well he seems to have to have learned to control his aggression. Yep. Hudson Young, I mean, the way he's been going, the, the eye gouging is just a, a distant hopefully just a distant oh, memory. Let's hope that it's yeah, a distant it memory. Ne- it's never seen again. Yeah. Um and I think yes, Corey's just gotta learn to um to, you know Yeah. Keep that fiery red head of his under under a bit more control. And look, one thing I remember when Latrell Mitchell, who had a famously hot head, people got under his skin. He he got into the origin side, and Fred Fittler had what a week with him. And by the end of that week, he had enough. He had punted him. No, no, no. He, he lasted a season a bit, didn't he, in Blue? But since that point, 
his brain explosions disappeared. I don't know what Fred told him, but no one gets under his skin easily anymore. They yeah. used to get under it e very easily. So maybe what we need to bring is young Fred in to have a bit of a word to Big Red about, you know, well, do a bit of hothead whispering. I don't think that's going to happen considering Fittler's the New South Wales coach and, and Corey Horsburgh's the Queenslander. Yeah. So possibly. I don't see why he would want to help him out. Okay, well, we, we, we need a hothead whisperer because I've yeah. seen it work. Alan so. Tung. Alan Tung's the man. He's he not a just, hothead whisperer. No, but just, just spend some time around Alan Tung and, you know, you just want to be a better person. You do. It's true. You do want to be a better person around Alan Tung. Um, but we got no injuries out of the trial. That was good. I know. And no suspensions, as it turns out. Yes. Which I found odd because I thought one of them was, um, yeah, one of them might have got a, a sanction considering he's gone down for it before. Um, the reserve grade match, I thought that was really good. I mean, apart from the only real attention anyone gave it to was Suwali's, uh, uh debut. Yeah. Um, a most overblown, overhyped thing. Yeah. We've seen in the NRL for a long time. And, and notably seeing Isaac Moses sitting in the stands for some unknown reason. Yeah, I mean, I look, he should not be able to play till he's 18. That's the bottom line. I disagree. Really? I, well, look, in Western Sydney and a lot of places, they're actually doing the junior football based on size rather than on uh, Yeah, but on it's age. not, it's not, we're not, I'm not talking about physical stuff. It's not physical. It's the pressure and the mental side of, you know, being thrust into... One of the reasons why they got rid of the under-20s competition, generally, is because it was placing too much pressure on, on young people, you know, mm. and that level of exposure. And then they were suddenly... The under-20s guys were suddenly... They were on TV and, oh, so-and-so plays for the Broncos or whatever. At the end of the season, they weren't on TV anymore. Mm. They weren't in the Broncos anymore. Mm. And they felt like absolute failures, and that had some horrific consequences. Mm. So I don't think it's a physical thing. I think it's 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 an emotional, mental thing. And I think I, if the NRL is going to have a rule that says, you know, you don't play first grade until you're 18, let's stick to that rule. Let's not just make an exception because this guy comes along. Okay, uh, but I do want to point out. I just want to say some names to you. Oh, I know Brad Fittler. I know Laurie Daly. Uh, uh, I know Brad Fittler, Laurie Daly, Bradley Clyde, uh, uh, Jason Croker. Um, Luke Devico, that's pulling it a little bit. But these are Andrew Eddinghausen. We're talking players who started Tim Brasher, at 17. Tim Brasher, I know. Tim Brasher started prisoners. at 17. And, and they made it. I think Suwali has made such a fuss about a transferring over and the amount of money that must have gone with it. Um, and God knows how that's been done. No, he signed on the, like everyone, he signed on the Roosters for like a quarter of what he could have earned. Oh, because he wants some to play strange the reason. Yeah, no, yeah. that's right. But um, with all those things, there's been a lot of fuss about it. And... I, I think there are some times when you actually have to look at a player and say, well, listen, they're going to play in the day turns 18. What's the difference now? I think in general what you're talking about isn't wrong. But, but this is what I'm saying. This is the problem with the NRL is we have these rules and we firmly stick to these rules unless, of course, we want to bend them mid-season for some reason because it suits Channel 9 or it suits the Sydney Roosters or it suits, you know, the Broncos. Mm. Whatever it is. Anyway, let's let's move on back to the all right, Raiders. All right, yeah, back to I, the look, Raiders. Yeah, okay. okay. I think that um, Harley uh, Smith not... Shields looked very good up against him. Uh, I like Harley Smith Shields, and I like Harley Smith Shields. Yeah, I, I like. And um, well, look, let let let's let's throw forward to um, one of the segments we were going to have a bit further down, and the predicted seventeen we both have for yeah. round one match. Blake, I'll go first because mine's much better than yours. Well, of course. You okay. Would think that. At the back, obviously, number one. CNK picks himself. Yeah. Uh, number two, Bailey Simonson. Number three, this is the most hotly contested yeah, um, yeah. questionable position. Uh, the the rumours, the drums seem to be beating louder that Croker probably will play. Yeah. For a couple of weeks ago, it looked like he was no chance, yeah. but it seems like more and more increasingly likely that he will play. I would probably be a bit cautious and hold him back a week. And um, so, assuming he doesn't play, a week ago, pre-trial, uh, I would have thought it was it was down for two men. It was either um, Tomoko, mm. who apparently has been, you know, very impressive mm. in the in the uh, in the training, the preseason, and a lovely the, young man too. Yeah, Not he's, that counts. But... He's, and Smith Shields. Yeah. But we had all forgotten about Sebastian Chris. We had and all he, forgotten about And Sebastian he started Chris. in that position in the trial. And look, he was very solid. Yeah. And I think that uh, coach Ricky Stewart will probably go with Sebastian Chris if Croker's not right. Just because he probably sees him as less of a risk than Tomoko. I think the upside of Harley Smith-Shields and Tomoko is probably greater. Mm. But Chris is probably more solid. And he looked good in the trial. Okay, and who have you got at four? 
well, Curtis Scott, obviously, the man with so much to prove. Jordan Rapana back in his rightful um, spot on the wing. Hopefully, we'll never see him in centres ever again. Um, Jack Whiten, George Williams. Mm-hmm. Josh Papali, obviously, who looked fantastic. In so the you're going to the front row now. Let's just qualify. So you've been going from one, but now all of a sudden you've gone no, I've from gone, seven I've to gone, eight. Okay. No, I've all gone right, one, okay, two, okay, three. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Keep going. Yeah, so you're six, going Papa, one, yep. seven. Yes, yes, yes. yes. No, so okay, eight. so Papa and then? Eight. So Papali looked yep. great in the trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the boxing, you know, I camp. really don't think we need to justify Papa's spot. In no, the no, side, but okay? he looked, he hadn't missed a beat. Normally, he, in the past, he has started a bit slowly because mm. he's come in a bit overweight, but now he's tipped off form. Josh Hodgson looked fantastic. Like, yep. again, it's like he'd never been away. Oh, yeah, he's that guy. He's that guy. It was just an injury. It wasn't anything to do with his intent, his vision, or his abilities. It was just to do with his fact his knee was even even got into a little bit of a gap there and sort mm-hmm. of you know managed to speed up. No, it was, it was great great to see. I, I was worried this time about how he'd come back because you know he's he's the wrong side of thirty now. So, so who have you got at ten? Uh, Dynamis. Yep. Dynamis Louis. Yeah. I think you know we've got this embarrassment of Richards in the forwards, but I still think he is. He did so well last year, yep, and he's so good to start in his his defence. Yep. Like his, we've, I'm not I, a big man of stats. He he's been good since he's got here. Last year was a watershed year for yeah. him, where he stood up as a senior first grade. He player. went to another level, and if you look at his um, like his strips are incredible. He, and then and he got dropped for a little while, and when he came back, no one was thinking about dropping him again. No, and if you see his um his like his tackling effectiveness stats, yeah. you're the stats guy, not me. But yeah. apparently they're like through the roof. He basically yeah. doesn't miss a tackle. No, and in the and, and yeah, he's effective, and then he's stripping them, so his body strength, yeah, not, and he's and he's fast, and he hits the line within ten every time. Hudson Young taking the place of John Bateman. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Um, there was talk again for a while whether that spot would be between him and Corey Herrera Nara. I think that not with me, it wasn't. No. Not with me either, and Rio Nara, obviously, yeah, he's he's done himself no favors. And Elliot Whitehead at twelve, absolutely. Jay Tarpany locking the scrum again. Okay, so we should state at this point before I get into my seventeen that Blake and I completely agree on the pack. Right, absolutely and totally agree on the pack. Okay, so you you and I agree in the halves. So the back line, okay, and the bench, okay. The bench, the big one. This, um, is, this is where the big arguments, this is where the big pressure is going to be. The bench is hard as hell to pick. It there is. so many contenders. It is, but it's obviously it's been made a lot easier by the two drink driving yep. suspensions. Um, so, not that they've actually been handed down yet. We don't know what they're going to be. No, I thought that, I thought that it's already... The NRL been... hasn't handed down what okay. they say suspension's going to be, and whoever what, Naira hasn't gone to court yet. But I thought he was up for four weeks and... I, I don't know. And Horsburgh's only down for one week. But again, it could be one of those things if half the court case, if it's like the Jack White and I guess the NRL, if they don't deem the punishment sufficient, they can come in over the top. Yeah, that's right. But um, so, okay, so 14, we, I'm going Starling over Vili. I love Saliva Vili and I, I like the versatility that he brings mm-hmm. in that he's you know so effective playing through the middle as well as covering um, Hooker. But I think that with the speed... Starling's so damn quick. You know, he is our version of Damien Cook. And I think that if we were to, to um, bring Hodgson off, you know, for a spell, Starling's just there injecting that speed. So then we've got three more um, big boppers on the bench. Sia Soliola is never missing out, I don't think. No, not not while Ricky draws no. breath. Um, Ryan James, I don't think he came here... To play reserve no. grade, and nor do I think he should. No, I think, you know, he looked... He looked pretty good in the trial, but you know maybe he was caught out at times laterally. But he looked pretty good in the trial. I, I just don't think they've. He's come here under the promise for anything other than the bench okay, spot. So who gets your seventeen? Yeah. And then seventeen, it's either bet- going to be between Ryan Sutton mm. or Emre Gula. Mm. 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 And I am thinking. So you're leaving Havili, yeah, and Chn Corey Weir and No, he's, he's suspended. No, but you're le- you'd be leaving him out at this stage. I'd be, if he wasn't suspended, I'd leave him out. And and big red. Well, if Horsburgh was there, I'd probably have Horsburgh at seventeen, but he's not there, so it's between Sutton and Gula, and I think Gula will get the nod over the unlucky Ryan Sutton. All right, so I agree with you in the pack. I think that's right. I definitely agree with you in the halves. Um, when it gets to the backs, um, I want to start with Bailey Simonson on one wing, and I want to have Sammy. You said Gla- you wanted to have him at fourteen. I'm thinking about fourteen. Um, 
that's that's another option that might terrible option. I'm playing with. I don't think so. Um, and I, we'll get to that in a second. I want Sal- uh, Sammy Valemi on one wing, and I no. want Sam- so. No, I think no. Sammy made such ground in in those last matches. He grew up so much supplier. player. His returning of the ball was strong. He's tall, he's fast, and he's got an extra little bit about him. I have a theory. He's not that tall. I have a theory about um, Semi Valemi, right? In that we may never see him in first grade ever again. I, I, I you, you may be right, but I at because this stage, and you know I what, thought hard, and and the other other unknown quantity, and I didn't watch him. I, I was on a small screen watching. I didn't see how Albert Hopewado played. He was all right. Yeah, he's another one. Apparently, has shown up with an incredible attitude. Oh yeah, and has trained the house down. He's doing all the extras. And he's and been pushed out he, by the salary cap at Manly, not well, because they wanted him to go. Well, they've got so much money on DCE, the turbos, know, and on um, to Powell. That what else are they going to say? They put too much money into four players, and one of whom's going to be you know hobbled for life. Yeah, which is a disappointment for Terrible. the NRL. Oh, it's sad. It's sad player. to think that we may have seen the best of him. It's such it's a good sad. player it's in sad, Tommy so, yeah. Turbo. But I think those two on the wings is where I want to start. Um, I want to give. I, so I where's have, where's Rappiner? Rappiner's proven his place to get back into the side from reserve grade. What? He's I the of, greatest winger. He was was uh, was. Uh, uh, what's what's a winger's number one job? What are his number one job is to finish. And in order to finish, the number one thing you need to be able to do is run like hell. Uh, he was and run he fast. was he I was saw running him outpaced in the second half of last season I, so many times. No, okay, so twenty nineteen coming in the twenty nineteen season, he was absolutely busted. Um, he got to the grand final, but by the time the grand final rolled around, he was you know literally hobbling. He then went to Japan and was like stuck yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in like in like a tiny apartment All for I'm like saying, three months, unable he's, to he's train. In his 30s now before... and he doesn't have the zip that he once had. He has the intent. He has the mindset. Did you see him in the trial? He looks good. Yeah, he, he looks good. He's a reason to be cheerful. His flatline speed isn't what it was, and uh, Sammy's is, and Bailey Simonson's is. I want to see. I haven't seen Albert Hopewade's in the flesh yet, but I believe his is too. And I know Matt Tomoko's is. His is blinding. So they're the people I'm looking at at the present moment. What I'm saying is, he's pre- he's come back and improved himself before. I don't have him in there. I have, if Toots doesn't come the back The greatest in. winger to have ever played for the Canberra Raiders. And you don't want to start him. Oh, you're just baiting me now. Everyone knows the greatest winger ever to play for the Canberra Raiders <laughs> is Chicka Ferguson. He just is. And, and it just is. Anyway... I, I have, if Toots doesn't come back in, I have Har- Harley Smith-Shields in yeah. that so- side. And I have him there for this reason. The instant he comes on, I never worry about the defence on that side. His defence you know is what? the best of all the contenders. Do you know what I like most about him? He's from Canberra. And it makes me sad that we keep on losing players from Canberra. Yeah. What is it about is that all yeah, the Canberra players... Duke's left. Yeah. Um, Paul well, Vaughan, that really hurt. Yeah, yeah. There was a bit of chatter between him and because um, uh, uh, Shannon Boyd's going to play, back and play for Cowra. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And Vaughan had a bit of chatter on Facebook, I was noting the other day with that. Um, but yeah, we, we have lost a lot. But Harley Smith Shields. And of course, Nick Kotrick. Yeah. But he, Nick, like, that was you, his choice, not ours. I've got a question for you. Do you think Nick Kotrick's going to get booed when he returns to Canberra Stadium? They are playing, I think the Dragons do come. Oh, here. I certainly hope not. He will. He will. He deserves a bit of it. He deserves a bit. He doesn't deserve like Dugan level of burn. But I think I think he'll I think he'll get a fairly tepid response. Tepid's fine, but yeah. booing I wouldn't do that. I'm also going for Curtis Scott in four. Um, I think he's got a lot to prove, but he needs to know there's a lot of people knocking on that door for that centre spot. Um, so yeah, that's my he's basic thing. I, I differ with you on the wing spots. Um, I, I want to see Bailey Simonson in there, and I want to see. Um, Semi Valame. Semi Okay, so here, just, just touching on my scapegoat, Ricky Stewart scapegoat theory, right? Okay, 2016 semi final. He's got a long history of this. It actually goes back to like um, probably Brett Finch and like grand finals when he's at the Roosters coach. But okay. So we're in the first 20- episode of the season and you're already laying into Coach Ricky. No, no, I'm just pointing out, he's just pointing out an observation of his coaching tenure, of which I've been a keen student. 2016. Semi-final against the Melbourne Storm. Preliminary final. Pre, yeah. pre, prelim final, yet yeah, against the Melbourne Storm. Um, Edric Lee drops the ball, never wears green again. Yeah. Okay. 2019, grand final, Joey Leilua 
doesn't pass the ball in the grand final, never wears green again. So I think that out of the 20 to that game, that horrific game horrific against game. the Melbourne Storm that we haven't spoken about. No, no. We've done a podcast we. since. But put it this way, you arrived, we were watching the game at my brother's house, you arrived, you put down your, your, your six pack of beer and your bag of chips. 20 minutes later, you were gone out the door. You left your six pack of beer. I think you took your chips. I don't remember. I think you took, I think you took your chips. A bit of comfort eating on the way home. Do you know what I did on the way home? I went to Bunnings and I brought some jalapeno seedlings. And, and this is just endemic of that night of October, uh, of, of October 16th. They're all capsicums. Not one of them are jalapenos. <laughs> not one. Not one. Um, yeah, that was a horrific <laughs> night. But I know when they were coming back in that match, a lot of things went wrong. A lot of balls went down when we could have arm wrestled our way back into that match people went down but the idea that you would blame the rookie in that side for all of that well it was either it was either, I'm either going to blame um, the captain who turns out actually had a busted shoulder, a so, busted shoulder. so that does excuse um, some of his and poor and Rabiner made bad calls but was trying his guts out yeah no I think I think Semi Valame is the scapegoat of that game and we won't see him again that's just a theory it's a bit of Blake Stradamus yeah, it may look, be wrong you, you could be right on the bench if we don't, and I'm worried about this, right? Because what I don't want is a bench full of forwards. Because who now? We've had in the past the ability to take, say, a Sia when he was still up to it, or a Elliot or a John Bateman, and shove them out to the centres if something uh, goes Whitehead. wrong. Whitehead can cover centre. Whitehead he can cover halves. He can't. He, he can cover can. halves. He can't cover centre anymore. He, he got last time he went out there, he got exposed. He's not that fast anymore. He, you have to have that lateral speed to defend properly in the centres. You just do, and you have to have it there. And so, okay, so of, okay, here's my other. Here's my so other I haven't finished mine yet. So, I'm thinking that because Oldfield previously would have been the person that I would have had there because he had the size to go into the forwards. Poor old well. Oldfield. He's off at Parramatta. Busted again. Is he? Oh, yeah. lovely bloke. Um, but having Bailey Simonson at 14 is is a genuine option. Bailey Simonson is basically our best winger now at the club, I think, in terms of making yards fast as finishing. He's well, our best option at wing, okay, well, and you don't want to play What I want wing. at 14 is a player who can cover all three backs. Okay. All three back spots. And then Sia is going to go into my 15 jersey without any any shadow of doubt whatsoever. Ryan James is going to go into my 16 jersey. And 17, oh my God, that's lovely. Okay, of, let's just say we have I, an I outside. do not want to look at Ryan Sutton in the eye and tell him he doesn't have a spot in the 17 after how hard that bloke works and how worthy he is of a spot. I, know. Um, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it to Big Red, although he's been a bit of an idiot. I don't want to do a Havili. I don't want to do a Starling. Havili's oh, And I don't out. want to do it to Gula. What I do want to say to Corey Hawira and Ira, mate, is now's your time. If you're if you're going to be worth a first grade spot in this seventeen with the Canberra Raiders, you're going to have to freaking earn this because right now I do not doubt Ryan Sutton's commitment one little bit, or Emre Goulas, or Big Reds, or Havili's, or Starlings. And if you want to be for mine in the running to be on the bench, let alone the bloody starting thirteen, you've got a lot of freaking work to do. Yeah. A lot of freaking I mean, work to do. Obviously, with the forwards, we've got this embarrassment of forwards. There's going to be natural attrition. Oh yeah, so everyone's everyone's going to get a run at 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 some point, I'd say. But and, and I wish him all the best, and I hope he does live up to it. In I terms want. of the um, scenario where, it, where we cover an injury to an outside back, yeah, Tom Stalin goes to nine. Hodgson goes to um, the halves, and then Jack White can defend at centre. Done. Solved. Problem solved. That's if you've got Starling on the bench, and I don't. No, what well, I'm saying, I would have Tom Starling, and then he covers that. Tom Starling's on the bench, man. Hi, Alan Sung here, former Canberra Raiders captain. And you know what? I don't really listen to podcasts, but if I did, I'd probably listen to the third most popular Canberra Raiders one, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Uh, we have a listener of the week, by the way. Um, it is young Danny Ando, who many might have seen on Twitter. Is uh, has he not been listener of the week before? Oh well, he's going to be listener of the week again because he's a serial idiot. But we love you, Danny. We love you. We love. He's been listener of the week before. Well, he is he... again. He is again because uh, he I, was my listener of the week. I find him amusing. No, he's amusing. He's very amusing. Odd fellow, and you should get on there. Um, but. Um, I just want to say there's there is something at the moment that's annoying me, Blake. In fact, you might say it grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? And you know what grinds my Preach. gears, Blake? Preach. They've gone in with these stinking rule changes, and once more they've done some 
faffing around the edges with trainers. So last year it was apparent that trainers were stopping the play when well, it wasn't a devastating injury, but they were stopping the momentum of the other when side. When we say trainers were stopping the play, like all these rule changes, as far as I can tell, that have come in uh, over the last 10 years have just been basically to counteract the filthy purple scum that is the Melbourne Storm. Because the Melbourne Storm, they did it actually in the game that Hodgson got injured. Mm at Canberra Stadium. Um, yeah, when, when we had them under pressure and they had to have a um, have a dropout, yeah. someone was immediately going down with injury. So then the trainer would come on. And I think actually Grant Atkins, they did it a couple of times. Yeah, I think yeah. actually Grant Atkins said, no, okay, if you're injured, get off the field. Yeah, yeah. And I re-admired him for that. Yeah, I like Grant Atkins anyway, yeah. young Joey. But they brought this thing in and there's a very simple... And what they're basically saying is if you go down and the trainer calls a stop to the play... That person has to go, A, they either have to go off and be interchanged, or they have to go off without replacement for two minutes before they can come yeah, back on again. and what's wrong with that? That makes sense to me, because you've got to do something about no, the Melbourne and, and Storm and they're cheating. And that's fine, but it, they're not cheating. The, Melbourne Storm just press the rules as they stand, and that's every the problem with all every the, club's... Yeah, Melbourne Storm always start cheating, and then other people go, well, the Melbourne Storm are doing it, we might as well do it as well. No, perhaps they're just... That's why I hate the Melbourne Storm. Look, they... The, Craig Bellamy, member of the Canberra Raiders Hall of Fame, has done more damage to the game of rugby league as a spectacle in the last 20 years than anyone else, more than Cameron Smith even. And, and if he does retire this year, it won't be a year too soon. But that's because he looks at the rules and looks at how his side can get the most advantage. And that's his damn job. And that's Ricky's job too. The number one thing with the trainers is stop this. See, Ricky around. loves Ricky the loves trainers a game. Don't come on the field unless, like in soccer, unless their name is Alan Langer, and then they can go on as much as they want because Alfie is the elected. point. Is there's a very simple way to deal with the scourge of trainers on the field. It's don't let the fucking trainers on the field, you mouth-breathing morons. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Nathan McGurk. You're a pillock. You're the bloke who I warned for six freaking years with example after example about what would happen when you let trainers on the field in contravention of the own operations manual that you're meant to be standing over the top and looking after and making sure it's enforced. And you let the trainers on. And I said one of the things was a trainer will get in the way of the play in a crucial stage of a crucial game and it will be an absolute farce. And, and you it ignored happened. me, and you ignored me, and you it ignored happened. me, and then it freaking happened, and still you don't change it. What has to happen? Does someone have to, you know, like pant, you know, does someone have to, a trainer have to draw a gun on the field? Do they have to lay a tackle? Do they have to get in a fist fight with another player before you realise what a stupid thing it is to do? The biggest spectator sport in the world, soccer, or football as they know it, do not let trainers on the field. They don't let trainers on the field unless the ref calls it on. And you know why? Because they're not stupid! Yeah. And it grinds my gears, Blake. It grinds my gears. I agree. Can I say Pillock is um, one of my favourite insults and vastly underused. It really is. And uh, I, a couple of months ago, called Jamie Soward a Pillock on Twitter because mm. um, he suggested that we should change the name of semifinals to playoffs. And I said, why, and I said why don't we change them the, from tries and touchdowns while we're at it, you Pillock? And yeah, he responded and said he didn't know what a pillock was, but... I'm not quite sure what a pillock is. Is it some sort of fish, maybe? Like a haddock? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, 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 any listeners out there that know what a pillock actually is, let us know. It's, um, some of our listeners in the UK will be able, will be able to enlighten us. I'm sure someone in, someone in Northern England. It's the sort of insult you'd hear on the bill, which is where I think I got it from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something, sure somewhere on the ABC. Uh, well, Minder another term that I like or... to use is fucktard, but it's sort of rude on one hand. No, on I'm the saying pillock is, as I said to J- young Jamie... Pillock is, it's, it, in, in, as a level of insult goes, it's very low. I would never refer to him as a fucktard. Really? No. Pillock is just, Pillock is like calling someone a dill. I would it's refer, about that I, level I, of insult. I would insult. refer to Nathan McGurk's a fucktard. Okay, let's move on. Totally. Oh, well, so I hear there's something that's annoyed you, in fact, made you go, on the burst! Well, it has to be the silly jer- the silly home jersey. I oh. mean, you, the, the club has presented three jerseys. They have. The people have clearly spoken. They have. And they've embraced the Heritage jersey really like have. it's 1994. Yeah. And yet, there still seems to be a possibility that's not going to be the jersey that they're going to wear for the majority of the games. I mean, that jersey they wore at the trial looked like they had forgotten to change out of their like their warm-up gear. It mm. looked like a training shirt. It did not look like a jersey. So, Canberra Raiders, 
Come to your senses. Read the room. Yeah, wear, wear the green jersey. I mean... You brought back the milk. Bring back the green. I know. People love it. I did see this week um, on various players' Instagrams, they all posted pictures of themselves wearing the Heritage jersey. So I am still very hopeful that when mm. they run out against the Tigers on Sunday week, um, they'll be wearing the Heritage jersey. Mm. But if not, you need to get on the um, the phone, send a text to Ricky. Because I know you have you do have some influence for the great man. Because, listeners, you may not recall, but a couple of years ago, um, the Canberra Raiders, at the end of a game... Uh, sang a victory song that was very strange and it had, oh, was, yeah. it had changed. And the Porks that got on, got on the blow to Ricky and within a week we'd gone back to the, um, the, the original victory song, didn't we? Yeah, we just needed to have the right argument to the people who wanted the song changed for a strange so, reason. Yes, then. well, so get on, the, get on your phone. As soon as we finish this, get on your phone to Ricky and tell him that the people want the Heritage jersey and, and we'll be damned, you know, if we, if we see... Yeah, that, I, other, I, that other terrible training top running around the field. I, I agree with you. I don't yeah. mind it as a training top, but I don't particularly want it on the field. No. It'd have to be a really good excuse as a clash if we were away to like the Bunnies, for example. Someone who actually wears green for me to see that, yeah. that one on there. And look, and while we're on the subject, everyone's up the milk and happy about this sponsor and stuff. I, I don't particularly, apart from our great sponsors in the Greenhouse and Landspeed Records, want to push too many companies and people into it. But you know what? It's great that Canberra Milk are. Capital Chill Foods are sponsoring the Raiders again. Lion, as a, as a, international. Yeah, whatever it is. But, Canberra <laughs> Milk. but here's our thing. Go buy Canberra Milk. Yes. Don't get that cheap supermarket crap. Go find where they sell, like I've been doing, like Blake's been doing. Go buy it. It's good. Buy it. It costs you a couple extra dollars for the people who are actually supporting our team. Exactly. And it's a wonderful thing they're doing. So don't just say up the milk and wear the bloody jersey. Buy the product. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How do you feel about Huawei on the, still on the back of the jersey? Hi, this is Jared Croker. Why are you listening to this podcast? These guys know nothing. But one thing we do need to talk about is drink drivers. Yes. Now, this is disturbing episodes here. Um, Big Red, he's apologised. He's said me a culprit. I've done it. It was dumb. It was dumb. You should have got an Uber. You should have got a taxi. That's you the thing. Ubers, man, it's so it's so easy in this but day and age. It, it was pick- so easy for you not to do that, Big Red. Um, learn this lesson. Learn this lesson. You know, you know the end of um, Uber's Saving Private Ryan where Tom Hanks pulls Matt Damon on and goes, earn this? It's like, Big Red, learn from this. Make this your last Uber's one. Uber's a cheap man. I, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, but um, You're highly paid professional and, footballers. And CHN, you've come in, you're pressing for a spot in the 17 of a side that is the best we've had for years and years and years. You know, we're actually back someplace where we're proud of our side and have expectations of... Exactly. Being competitive. And, and please. We've, we've, we've thrown you a lifeline in the first place. Yeah. Don't mess it up, dude. Please. This is the final, make, final chance. Man. Make, that final your chance. Last, make that your last one, Corey. Make that your last mistake. So, yeah, that, that's all we've got to say about this. Now, one of our most favourite segments, of course, we need to bring back, and that's Ask Cloud of the Week. <laughs> Blake, have you got... Well... I have long been a supporter of Peter Volandis. Well, some people don't seem to like him. I've long been a supporter of him, but some of these rule changes that that are brought in without mm-hmm. basis are really bizarre. And mm-hmm. the, the rule change I'm going to refer to specifically here is the two point forty meter field goal. Mm-hmm. I'm yet to meet a single person who thinks that this is a good idea, and that it will enhance the experience of rugby league or makes any logical sense at all. Or most of the things that uh, he's introduced have been called for by the broadcaster Channel 9. Mm. What the hell was up with this one? I don't, I'm not quite understanding what this one's for. Obviously, um, there was a whole lot of proponents back in the late 60s, very early 70s, who were very good at slamming the cross. Bozo Fulton was very good at it. Eric Sims was the one everyone always refers to. Um, Eric Sims and Bozo, both in a match each, landed five in a match, scoring 10 points. And basically get in position, lob it over. We might not get and over And tries right. were only worth three points back then as well. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and look, the argument is they were only worth three points, so you were getting two-thirds of a try by yeah. just banging it over. And also, people weren't as good at kicking um, conversions, conversions as well. There was a lot of toe pokes. So, yeah, so, yeah look, um, it, there are some strange rules. We want to see tries. We don't want to see more field goals. But the issue is, and this is what I've said in my argument on on, on the raw sports. We'll post your article. We'll post it. Um, is basically... 
what we'll see here is a gridiron sort of technique where the line sets on the 20 or very close to it and then you'll have whoever your designated dropout artist is basically standing back just behind the 40 the snap will come out of dummy half go back to a second receiver yeah. who will pass it to that person who will comfortably run up and just take basically a relaxed shot pot at goal for for a two-pointer now the markers won't have the chance to get to that person unless they give away two-point penalty kick or alternatively they won't be able to get there so basically if you've got someone and i'm going to refer to rah rah people because that's the people who do this if you've got a fox or an andrew mertens they'll just stand there if it if it's the certain sort of match where you've got real you know trench warfare defense and no one's getting across the line easily They'll just flick it back and take two, get the ball back, move up, flick it back, take the two. And and it's the sort of thing that won't open be open and exciting football. It will be boring, crappy football. And the only people who will like this, the only people who will be the sides who best take advantage of it. Yes. And that we will be the we, only people who And like we it. clearly have no... We struggle to find someone in our team that can kick a field goal from 20 metres. Yeah. So we've got no one that's going to be on our look, look, Jackie Boy can roost it a long way. And Jordan Rapana can roost it a long way. Yeah, um, they they can both really. And Blake Austin previously used to be able to. So those are two people. But the question he wasn't is, very good at kicking field goals from. But the, the question is the accuracy. You, you've seen them smack it out. So it's what the accuracy is actually yes. going to be. I reckon Latrell could probably that one he nailed um, mm. from the sideline against the Storm. That was that was a couple good. years ago. That was damn. Do you remember Josh Reynolds when he sunk us a few yes. years ago? Like yeah. the last and he just like that was outside that was, the that 40. was that crazy like. 42 to 38 game or whatever yeah, yeah, it was. When they yeah. were miles in front and yeah. we came back and so on. But and, and he was great that game, the grub. Um, and that was an incredible field goal. I don't think he played a better game. No, it was, he was really awesome. Yeah. Um, and that was just about the time that his, his hamstring finally went down. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that rule is stupid. Um, and this is like, if there was a need or a call, I just don't understand where this has come from. Mm. So whether Volandis has been somewhere in a pub and someone said to him, hey, here's a great idea. Because most of the rule changes he suggested previously were done through consultation yeah, and yeah. feedback, and there's there's no basis. So, so that reason, Peter Volandis, you're the ass clown of the week. Ass, mm. A R S E, and my ass clown of the week, A double S, ass clown, ass clown of the week is Cam Smith. And you know why it's Cam Smith? Because it's always all about Cam Smith. It's and he's always done it again. about Cam Smith. Now here's the thing. Yeah, he's a great player. And I wrote an article last year that basically said, doesn't matter what you think of him, he's got the runs on the board and he's one of the greatest players of all time. Whether we like it or not, he's going to be an immortal. Whether you like it or not, he's got the runs on the board. Whether you like it or not, those things have happened. And he doesn't just think he's better than you. He knows he is. So, And, and all evidence points to that being correct. So here's the thing. It seems clear to me that he is not going to play for the Melbourne Storm. He's up on the Gold Coast, he's trialling. It also seems clear to me that with the grief they're giving um, the Gold Coast at the moment about the transfer for Fafita and the amount that was given for it, etc., the idea that Gold Coast are going to be able to come up with the money they need to get Cam Smith in, they even were... at a budget 500000 is impossible. Apparently so, Broncos is the only... So there's only one real option up there, and that is the Broncos. Now, here's the thing. If you are coming into a side like that as being a player is going to come in and right the ship and you're a huge name like Cam Smith is, you're going to have an impact on memberships and sponsorships. But you've got to give the club some time to take advantage of that. You know, when Jared Hayne was coming back to I the Titans... I don't think... I don't, despite... Despite the Broncos... Anibus Horribilis, or however you say it, their year from hell last year. Anibus, I, I, Anis Horribilis. Anis Horribilis. Um, I think she was Anis. referring to it. Don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that they're hard up for either members or sponsors. Yeah, yeah, but you can imagine how much more membership would come if Cam Smith. Cam Smith to, to the Broncos always seemed like the most likely destination to me because I thought, well, Kevy Walters, you have him in there as coach for two, three years, and, and there's a pathway and for. Look, for Cam Smith to take over as, as full-time coach. There is a there is a second option. Because we know who long-term, who's going to make a better coach? Who's got a better football mind? Kevy Walters or Cam Smith? I mean, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I'd agree. Well, but who's got the temperament? It's also about temperament. It's not just I about think, footy I brain. Think but here's Kevy's been brought back in to make everyone feel good about themselves with the Broncos and bring the old boys back and everything else. But he's like a Mal Meninga. I don't think that he has what it takes to be a week-in, week-out club coach. And we're going to find that out. But what he won't have is backroom sniping. But the other thing with Cam Smith is there is this possibility that this 17th club, the next Brisbane side, comes in 
and they know it's going to be, and they basically lined him up as being the captain coach coming in in order to be a draw, and he's basically going to be sitting on his ass for a year training before he goes and joins that. They're not coming in next year. How do we know this? You couldn't have any club come in at like a year's notice, surely. Surely you could. Anyway. There's not enough players available. But Cam Smith, just tell us what you're freaking doing. I'm not even interested in the intrigue anymore. I'm just like, dude, you've taken this too far. You know, this this is like, you know, it's like when Walking Dead jumped the shark. I didn't care anymore. Cam, I don't care anymore. And and, and that's the issue. He's, like I've said all along, he suffers from some sort of like um, narcissistic personality Mm. disorder. And this is just the way by him sort of making it not about him, he's making it all about him. He loves the attention. He does. He loves the attention. He does. Once he says, I've retired, he sails off in the sunset. That's it, you know. I reckon he'd probably make a pretty good commentator. Oh, yeah. He's, he'll, he'll turn and, and you know what? I bet he'll speak his mind. And that's refreshing. I sort of like that. Now, talking about refreshing, uh, one of our great followers of Raiders Review with uh, Blake and the Pork is, is John Sharkey, the shark. The third. Yeah. And uh, he, he's all the way from Philadelphia. Yes. But he finds himself, you know, housed down here in Canberra. and uh, Canberra cowboy. And he's a hardcore Raiders man. And this year, he's got his own segment, and it's called... Shark Attack. Shark Attack! All right, listen. I know it's a little bit early in the season to be mad about anything, but what's pissing me off so far is all this love for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Yes, I get it. You beat the Dragons in your little trial match, 30 to whatever. Big deal. I'm pretty sure my 8-year-old could beat the Dragons at any number of competitions at this point. Secondly, your fans and your players are too likable. I mean, my sporting interests revolve around hatred. What am I supposed to do with you guys? Your players are great. All your fans are super nice. Every time the Raiders beat you, it's like, Hey, mate, great game. Whatever. Whatever's good for the footy. Stop. Jesus, just throw a punch at me or something. Come on. You gotta be like manly supporters. I'd rather go through divorce proceedings than be in a room with a manly supporter. And everyone bags you out for having no teeth. Who cares? I'm from Philadelphia. Nobody has teeth. I'm missing teeth. Teeth are overrated. Whatever. Doesn't matter anyway. Because the Raiders are gonna pip you off in the prelim again simply due to the fact that Adam Reynolds doesn't have my beautiful face tattooed next to Post Malone on his leg. All right, I'm done. Buy my new record. And go, you green things. Now... Those of you who want to hear more from the shark, and I'm pretty confident it'll be most of you, can go to Gorman House this Saturday, that Saturday being Saturday 6th of March. Yeah. And you'll be able to see him perform, and it's really quite a, a fantastic thing to do. And you should go and see a man who loves the Camberators as much as you do. Yeah, I, look, I agree with most of what he's saying, but to be honest with you, I don't really find um, South's fans or their players that likeable. No, I'm I'm with him here. They're, they are a little bit too likable, even when... We're Cody a, Walker? You like Cody Walker? Yep. I was watching I that. I like Rendigity. Oh. I like Cody Walker. I like uh, Damien Cook. I like the Burgess brother that's remained. I, oh, how can you like a Burgess brother? I love Cam Murray. Tell me you wouldn't have Cam Murray in your side straight away. I like, we've I got like, Cam Murray in lime green. You wouldn't find a place for him in the 13. I like Cam Murray, but... Um, Starting 13. Cody, I was watching the... You all- would find a spot for Cam of Murray. Of course, of course. But uh, the, the All-Stars game, I was watching the All-Stars game, and it's like, who is a bigger douche, Jerome Luai or Cody Walker? And I think Luai got it on points, but oh, neither... I, I like Luai as well. Oh, they're both jerks. No, they're just They're got, both jerks. They're just and got... they're, they're sort of ass clowns that can get away with carrying on, you know, with the no-punch rule... If they carried on the way they carried on in the like in the 80s and 90s... And, and Cuddy Walker's a Ewan man. You know, that, that covers, you know, the, the Raiders' territory down there. Let, let's not be... I don't like him. I do. Anyway, I, don't, I, I agree with Shark. I'm a little bit annoyed with him because I do find them a bit likeable and I do prefer really hating, like... See, there's nothing about a manly supporter you can like. No. Is, is there? No. But I'm not high on this, this South of the Favourites... To win the comp as oh, well. I don't think they are either. No, I, and it's, it's one of these things that once someone puts it out there, everyone's just saying, yeah, it sounds okay, the favourites. So who do you favorite. think the favourites are? Probably the Canberraiders. Well, no, it's between... The Panthers are still going to be very yep, hard to beat. They'll be exceptionally... Well, let, let, let's go the Storm. The Storm, I want to write off. So the top four... I, I think Panthers are a lay down for the top four unless something horribly goes Panthers, wrong. Raiders, Souths. Storm with the Roosters to miss out. That's Ooh, my pick. You think the Roosters are going to miss out? Well, someone's got to miss out, and I hope it's not us. 
I think those those five there because the, the are whole the, top the five. whole logic of Souths being the the team to beat this year is based on that. Oh, if you, the game's sped up and the new rules, and this is going to suit Damien Cook. We said that last year, mm. Mm. and it didn't really suit him that much. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, his sides, I don't think will be contenders. I don't think Parramatta's going to be a contender. Uh, I'd be surprised if Newcastle or Cronulla are going to be contenders. Um, West Tigers could surprise me, as could St. George Illawarra, but I don't think they would be. I don't think Manly's going to be a contender. Nah, I don't gone. think the Bulldogs are going to be a contender, and I don't think Brisbane are going to be a contender. So Dragons for the spoon? No. Uh, I don't know. I really am struggling for who the spoon... I think Dragons. The, the spoon this year is Warriors. going to be a story of... Um, uh, injury disaster on top of ineptitude. They're going to lose Dragons. whoever they had. Dragons is my bet for the spoon. Warriors. I don't know. McCulloch's actually a pretty good pick up at hooker. He does bring a lot you of reckon? stability. Yeah. I, I look. I, I, They've lost their best player on top of already sucking before that. Yeah. I look. I don't think Brisbane will come last. I think no Broncos won't come. I last. don't think they'll come last. I don't think the Bulldogs will come last. I think they're they're rebuilding. I'm sure with Ming the Merciless, which is what Todd Payton looks like. I'm sorry, he looks like Ming the Merciless out of Flash Gordon. North Queensland are going to have a revival. They are going to be better this year. They are going to be more disciplined. They're going yeah. to be more effective. They're going to come up. I suspect they're going to make the eight. They may even become contenders. Don't um, get too carried away. I'm just saying they're out there. The Warriors, whoever knows, but if they make the finals, it'll be just. Um, but, I would really be happy if the um, if the Gus Gould. I don't dislike the Warriors, but at the same time, if Gus Gould and the Nathan Brown dynamic duo didn't work out, I wouldn't be devastated. No, I just can't imagine why people keep picking Nathan Brown up. The instant, the instant he slapped Trent Barrett in the face, I knew that he should never coach another side ever, 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 ever again, and he never should have. And anyone yeah. who's picked him up after that. Has missed I think something. He did okay in the UK, but that's maybe funny. he did okay in the UK. Yeah. But he sure as hell didn't do. He's never done well in Australia, or in the NRL. I don't know why he's here. It's like people picking up Matt Elliott. Um, it's like, you know, he's got enough. to I get love him. Matt Elliott. Do you? Yes. Oh, good. I'm pleased that you do. Um, and he's gone on to. Uh, he's back in the coaching. He's helping out Dragons. Yeah, he's he left. Did. He was very good. Very good on the ABC. I love listening to him on the yeah, ABC. Yeah, oh, fantastic commentator. Um, and uh, now he's he's Hook's assistant. He's left the ABC's Hook's assistant. Oh, right, that's disappointing. He's an excellent commentator. Yeah. Anyway, but look, there's just some people. It's like uh, Brian Smith got so close so many times, but just didn't have that last little bit that was needed in order to get over that cliff. And and it's like there there are some coaches out there. So I think the contenders this year come from Penrith, Melbourne, the Roosters, the Raiders, South Sydney. Um, and possibly, just possibly, North Queensland. Um, and I think the Titans will continue their improvement because I think they've got a good, yeah, good coach. Yeah, great there. coach. And I think as long as O'Brien can keep his head screwed on, Newcastle should improve as well this year. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Cronulla, but I think the, the coaches that are under most pressure early on will be um, uh, the Cronulla coach, whose name completely escapes, and John Morris mm-hmm. will be under under a fair bit of pressure to well because he's under pressure because Flanagan can come back next year yeah, well I just think he's under pressure because um, results um, I think I don't think Barrett can be under pressure at Canterbury because it's his first no. year same with Walters same with Ming the Merciless at North Queensland Des Hasler is a saint at Manly will have to go really bad for him to be under pressure Hook has just arrived so St George don't have a history of sacking people fast even Stephen Price it took him a while to do it so, Madge McGuire at West Tigers, maybe? No, they're just re-signing. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I don't, that doesn't mean anything. It so does Nathan for a team Brown, like West Tigers. Nathan Brown at the Warriors and, and John Morris at Cronulla are the two under pressure. I think John Morris, if the results don't go well, will be the one to go. Okay. So, that, that's, that's my view. And, um, yeah, I think this is our best chance for a long, long, long time. I'm going into this season quite confident. Actually, maybe a bit well, look, too confident. Because even last year, I was like, oh, I hope we just don't go backwards. Yeah. And look, we well, didn't. Here's a mirror. 87, the Raiders got to a grand final. Right, they got to a grand final. And it was it was fantastic. And they f- missed. And then in 88, they changed a bit of staff over. And they got to the prelim and got bundled out. Mal bust his arm, though, didn't he? Uh, yeah. And then in 89, they came back and they won it. And there, there's a little bit of thing. So maybe we have a mirror... In 19, 20, 21, 
in '87. Yeah. Well, it used to be. Look, it used to be that the logic was you had to lose one before you could win one, but it's, that's kind of gone out the window now. I think it has too. I, I mean, you don't have to have won one to win the grand final anymore. It used to actually used to actually be. In more recent times, I think there's more of a stat around prelims. You've got to have played in a, yep. in a prelim and yep. then you win one. And look, last year was our third prelim in five years. Amazing achievement. And that's, Amazing that's, achievement. That, that speaks for itself. So anyone out there still harassing on Ricky and wondering whether he can do it, well, clearly he bloody can. And, you know, just getting that little bit over the line involves a lot more luck than we've had. Are we going to do one more segment before we go? Who's yes, got a lift? Who's got a lift? Who? A bit of harmonising there. It was really okay. good. Um, yeah, so mine is CNK. Absolutely love the guy. Gives 150%. He does. 200% every game. He does. He trains hard. He goes hard. And um, he's a top bloke, and he's been since the yeah, moment he walked into the club. I, I absolutely love him. I'm um, devastated with the thought that he might go back to the Warriors. I don't think he will. I don't think oh, he will. But, I, I mean, you, his kids have gone back there, so it's because he's... he's separated from his partner so his children have gone back with his now ex-partner to New Zealand oh that's horrible yeah so um, obviously there'd be a lot of reasons for him to go back uh, but you know he said he's, he said he's committed to the Raiders they gave him a chance and he seems like someone who has great integrity so anyway he does he does I, but in, given in that term, circumstance in terms, of, in terms of him needing to lift I just think we need to see um, a bit more ball play from him a bit more linking up, a bit more sort of like he plays a lot like a fullback 15, 20 years ago before basically Billy Slater came along and, and, and reinvented the position. I think Ant- Anthony Mancello just doesn't get quite enough credit for being a ball-playing fullback too. I think he's on the cusp. I think Mancello brought it in a bit. He's on the cusp. Do you know who actually was? Shukovsky. Yeah. Started doing those runaround plays. He did, but yeah, but yeah, I agree with what you're saying about Billy Slater. Uh, Brett Stewart, up. Brett Stewart was also yeah. very good. Yeah. Anyway, um, he's got a ball play a bit more, and I watched the All Stars game, and he was still very one out. I mean, obviously there aren't a lot of combinations in those sort of games. He still was very much trying to do it all himself. And look, sometimes he can do it all himself, which he did against that game against the Eels, mm. you know, last year, and it was he was brilliant. But um. Yeah, I, in the trial, it looked like he was linking up a bit more. So, obviously, that's something I'm sure, you know, the powers that be, the great minds of the club are onto this as well. So, hopefully, we're going to see him lift. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got I've got Curtis Scott. Now, Curtis, you had a rough rough introduction to the Raiders last year. You had the horrible Australia Day event, followed by all the, the stuff that went with that, followed by some injuries, and you had some bad luck going into that. Well, 2020 is behind you now, mate. 2021 is where you show what Curtis Scott is worth to the Canberra Raiders. And He's looking very fit. I, I, I want you to be a star. That's what I want out of you on that side. I want you to come over. I want you to come out and say, yeah, sorry about 2020. Here's 2021 as my gift in return to you for that. And that's what I want. So you've got to lift. Alrighty. Anyway, you have been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, the third most popular Raiders uh, podcast on the internet, brought to you by The Greenhouse and by Landspeed Records. Yep. On all streaming platforms, jump on, subscribe, mm. like, um, rate, review. I don't know. People always say these things on podcasts. Apparently, it helps them. Mm. So, yep. Do it for us as well. Do it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Break out the pork. Break out the pork.